takes the throw to Jenkinson, gets it back. Here comes the England winger trying to get away from Galloway. Turns it back to Song. Into Downing again. He's got him behind Galloway and rolls home for West Ham. Well, the pressure's been building the last couple of minutes. And Everton are behind at Upton Park. The ball was threading through to Stuart Downing. And it was a lovely little finish. Past the despairing dive down to his rider, Tim Howard. West Ham 1, Everton 0. It's frustrating watching Everton, isn't it? Need to make a change. Just quicken things up. Maybe Lukaku can do something, but he's right down by the corner flag. He's going to try and deliver the cross in. That's a decent cross. Oh! A super equaliser by Everton. Leon Osman. What a fantastic strike by Leon Osman. The cross came in from Lukaku. Osman took it once and then falling backwards, managed to scissor kick it past Adrian, diving to his left-hand side, beaten at his near post, but there was nothing he could do from the little man's finish. Coleman has it right-hand side for Everton, over the halfway line, past Nene, into Osman. Osman up to Morales. There still could be a winner in this. Right-hand side, can Magidi get the cross in? He can. It's towards the goal! Oh, yes! Scores against West Ham! Six and six for Romelu Lukaku against the Hammers for Everton! won the three points that put them back into the top half of the Premier League. West Ham won. Come from behind Everton 2. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Everton Fan Focus podcast with myself Mark Finnegan and Mark Ellis. Hello. On this week's show we're going to be taking a look back at the West Ham gain, as you just heard the commentary there, and we're also going to be looking back to the Sunderland defeat nearly a fortnight ago at Goodison Park. So how are we, Mark? You all right? I'm fine, mate. Yeah, not bad. A little bit better after Sunday's uh, after Saturday after the win at West Ham, mate. Um, certainly, you know, if we'd have done this podcast straight after Sunderland, it would have been, you know, a bit more gloomy, wouldn't it? But you know, it was good to get back to winning ways last weekend. Tefo, I think the last time we spoke was after the Villa game, which was sandwiched yeah. in between. So uh, obviously the United game, then the Villa game, it was the highs and lows. And then the Sunderland game was a, probably a continuation of that disappointment, wasn't it, after the trip to Villa Park? It was, mate. I just thought, again, you know, we needed to be to put on a performance there where, you know, we, we sort of showed a determination to finish the season strongly. And, you know, we did control large parts of the game, but again, there was no real belief there, Mark, that we, you know... I don't know what happens with us. We look great against United and then lose belief all of a sudden, but I don't know what goes on. It's the same against Sunderland as it was against Villa, to be honest. We just we didn't really look to hate Sunderland that much, did we? No, and you could tell the likes of Villa and Sunderland have got the wins in the sales, haven't they? They're in the relegation battle. They're both, I think, yeah. both secure now in the league, aren't they? I don't think oh, Sunderland may be still under threat. But um, I, I completely yeah. agree. I think the way we dominated, we, we sort of give up possession against Man United, changed our approach, didn't we? Let them control the game. But we, we were we were just absolutely blitzed them on the counter-attack, didn't we? And, um, you know, beat them comfortably in the end. Whereas against Sunderland, we, as you said, we controlled the game. But we just couldn't find a way through. And then Sunderland, basically, smash and grab, wasn't it? I know they scored just yeah. after half-time, but deflected goals on, on the break. And they came yeah. away with all, all three points. You're right. I think it was... To be honest, it sounds stupid, but I think if we'd applied the same tactic against United, the obvious tactic of hitting them on the break, 
like we did against Sunderland. Because Sunderland needed to win that game, really, didn't they? Good to, to be honest, they need, it was a game they needed to win. So I thought, as much as it would have looked negative at the time, it, we could have afforded to play that game against Sunderland on the break, and we probably had the same result. But you know, we're trying to we're trying to be the home team and, and play with you know a bit of arrogance or trying to put the pressure on. But we just haven't got players who. who are playing with that confidence at the moment, are we, where we can put teams to the sword? And like you say, it's the same old problem. We can't get teams to get past teams who are well drilled on how to defend against us. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, Everton's record at Goodison Park this year, that would be an unbeaten up until that Saturday, unbelievably, Mark. And you think it's staggering, isn't it? The season that we've had, we're all being disappointed. But Sunderland were the first side to beat us at Goodison this year, this calendar year. And they haven't won away from home since the turn of the year as well so it's like you know there's only going to go one way but obviously being an Everton fan it was going to go the other way was it? you know, know. It, was, it looked it looked a complete coupon bust up from where I was standing you know but like you say Sunderland you know they did this last year didn't they where they, they put on a great run to, to get away from relegation they seem to be like the, the next sort of Wigan you know don't they where they just do it right apart from last when Wigan went down obviously but Sunderland just seemed to put together a miraculous sort of form when they need to, don't they? And unfortunately, we were in the middle of that. That's it. I mean, we also, we failed to score. Um, the first yeah. time in eight games that we'd failed to score. And there was another statistic, uh, first time we'd conceded in, at home in, the, in seven hours of football. Amazing, really, how we have transformed our home form, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, to be honest, to be fair, he has got it right, hasn't he, man, as when we've needed it at home. They haven't been, they've been one nils, haven't they? You know, the likes of Burnley mm. uh, at home and stuff like that. They haven't been glamorous wins, but we have got the job done mainly since since Christmas, haven't we? Which, to be fair, we've needed to have done. Um, I'd say, sorry, since Stoke, especially. You know, yeah, it was it was sort of like March time when we went on the run, wasn't it? We we won yeah. five out of six. Um, and we yeah. only we I think we managed we drew with Swansea and that was sort of the win and run that like, it, that was in between wasn't it but it was disappointing yeah. I mean as you said we had a lot of possession there was some chances there was it wasn't very a notable game I don't want to dwell on it too much to be honest if Mark no. um, obviously there was chances Lukaku had a few chances Jagielka came close with a header that was deflected yeah. um, McCarthy at the post in the second half but. Um, it was Danny Graham who, who gave Sunderland the lead and as you said Sunderland haven't won away from home since the turn of year and Danny, Danny Graham hasn't scored since Christmas but if he's going to score against anyone it's going to be us isn't it? Not half mate I mean you know how many strikers have we helped out this season who've been on ridiculous bad and spells I can name about Aluko uh, Falcao I can name um, <laughs> a few of the Soldado I think scored against us when he hadn't scored for decades He did You know it just, it just seems to be whoever's the player who was the least likely to score will always score against us. It's been a, it's been a, I don't know, you know. But the goal, you know, it, it was a bit of a sucker punch again, wasn't it? Because it did look like we were getting on top at the start of the second half, and it just, you know, like it's, it seems to have been a, a common theme where where we think we're getting somewhere on the day, and then we get hit by, you know, a ridiculous goal. Too right. I mean, Defoe sealed the win later on, but I think most Evertonians. Thought on that on that particular Saturday, we could have played all day and and not scored ourselves. Yeah. So Defoe just basically put the icing on the cake for them. But I think that have you got anything else to say on that match, Mark? Because I'm happy to just write it off. <laughs> no, I, I think the Defoe, the Defoe could have made it three 0 actually towards the end, couldn't he? But I think that second goal was probably the most deflected goal I've ever seen go in. I think yeah. it took about ninety eight deflections. <laughs> well, we 
we were we were hung over that day, of course, after that Everton night, and I, I yeah. somehow dragged myself to that game and had uh, chips and curry in a can on the way in. When part of me thought I should have just had the chips and curry and gone back home and got back in bed, but. <laughs> Friday night was much better than Saturday afternoon, wasn't it? You know, it certainly like say, was. Everton, Everton always seem to ruin a good weekend, don't they, if you've got plans. Yeah. We've got, well, on to the West Ham game. Obviously, we've just heard the highlights then, Mark, and it was a yeah. fantastic to celebrate a, a late winner with Lukaku coming back to haunt West Ham again. Much better from Everton, wasn't it? It was, mate. It was much more like our old selves. I mean, to be fair, the first half was a bit of a non-event, bit of an end-of-season game, wasn't it? But we, we, what I liked about us, there was... From last season, we created a lot of chances in that game, didn't we? You know, we also like capable of, of, of hurting West Ham, and I know we enjoy playing West Ham at Upton Park, um, and it shows. I know, like we, you know, we got beat in the club there and all that, but in, by and large, West Upton Park brings out the best in the fans and the, the team, doesn't it? The fans absolutely love. It. I think it's like the favourite away ground for away fans. I reckon for loads you know, of loads of our fans. Class it as the, the one of the best of ways, and obviously they say they'll miss it when West Ham eventually move ground. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got some sort of the, the, we must be like their bogey team because I think it was earlier in the season, wasn't it, when we beat them at Goodison and we beat them two one when yeah. Lukaku scored and he was offside, and then Osman scored. Remember, um, obviously yeah. we had we we had the penalty shootout with them um, the last time we played them, but it was yeah. great, it was great to see us respond. I mean, in the, in the first half, Lukaku had a couple of chances, didn't he? Osman poked an effort wide, but Stuart, Stuart Downland's goal that was it. It was a poor goal to concede defensively. It was. It was just a lack of pressure on the ball, wasn't it? And you know, Downland's got a great left foot on him, and he's had an half decent season, but. You know that that goal was well preventable, wasn't it? You know, from a from a defensive point of view, it shouldn't have gone in. But it, like you say, again, you know, with us looking to sort of win the game, we go a goal behind, and that's you know, we have got a lot of things right defensively of late. I mean, you know, Stones and Jagielka together have been have been key to that. But we we've just been prone to conceding these types of goals all season, which hasn't helped us. No, and he he obviously gave them the lead. Um... We thought maybe our heads would go down, as you said. It was sort of like a bit of a friendly game, a friendly feel to it up until then. But yeah. it sparked Evan into life. Lukaku was was out out wide, and it, you know it does our heads in when he goes out wide. But he done his uh, he done his step overs and provided Osman. But Mark, that was some goal that from Leon Osman. It was fantastic goal, mate. To be honest, very few players you know could do that goal. I know Allardyce was drooling over it, saying you know that a Barcelona would score that goal, or I think someone was there. Um, would have been. It was a great goal. It was a classic sort of Leon Osman goal, wasn't it? You know, one touch, turn, bang in the back of the net. It was, and you know, we we always tend to score in front of the away fans, doesn't it? Which makes it ten times better. <laughs> you know, the, I think we only have we we just do limbs, don't we? At Upton Park, yeah. constantly. You it's know, just made, Osman's isn't it? Was, was, was was good enough to win the game, you know, but it got us back into it, didn't it? Defo. I mean, Leon, Leon, um, he's, he's done that over the years for Everton, hasn't he? He's chipped in with the goal, but I agree. It was an Osman-type goal, he, um, yeah. arriving in the box, but his, his control for that and the way, the ball was sort of behind him when he hooked it in, obviously celebrated in front of our fans, and our fans always celebrate like it's a league-winning goal, don't they? But, oh, well, yeah, Mark, to be honest, it's not it wasn't it wasn't similar, but it, it put me in mind of when he scored that sort of ninety ninth minute winner against Portsmouth all them years ago at the Gladys Street. You know, it was like that type of goal, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, where that he sort of feel to when the ball came in and then he sort of turned it into nothing and then it's in the back of the net. You know? Yeah. yeah it was I, great goal. 
I thought we didn't stop after that though. McGeady and Morales came on shortly after um, we we drew yeah. level, but um, I, I I thought we deserved credit for going for it because all the chances seemed to go to Everton in the final the final fifteen twenty minutes and. Obviously, Rom had, had an effort saved, didn't he, by Adrian? Um, Could was, see that one-handed, yeah, I think, wasn't it? Um, the, that was sort of a couple of minutes from time, I think, that, that one. He had the free um, kick as well, don't forget. Remember the free kick? and he, that, oh, yes, Everyone thought yeah. it was in. It was that close. Just, uh, yeah, you're right, it looked uh, in for all the world and just uh, sailed, I think it just sailed past the post, didn't it? But, but he kept going. Yeah. McGee, it was that man, McGeady, who's been... Yeah, him and I think him and Christian Atu have been being on tour somewhere or something, and they, he comes back off the bench and sets up the winner. I thought McGeady looked looked bright when he came on. Yeah, he multitasked a little bit, Mark. He, he created a Twitter meltdown and, and sort of set up the goal at the same time. You know, it was good. Now, yeah, it was just classic wing play, wasn't it? You know, they got the goal. I mean, you know, if we'd seen that all season off McGeady, no one would have been on his back, would we? You know, but. It's just sort of, I think since the West Ham away game actually, was it in the club that people have sort of, you know, gone, you know, turned on him totally, yeah, if, you, if we're being honest. But, you know, great way to play, that's what he's in the team for at the end of the day. He's been he's been injured as well, hasn't he? Like, he's been in and out the side, but I, I completely agree because what you want from your wingers, even if it's just, you know, I'm not saying he's just got to take on the world and put balls over, but a couple of a couple of shimmies like he did and I think into the area, you've got someone like Lukaku and, you know, he, he might not be the best in the air, but he's so physical and he, he got he got right in the position, didn't he? He did, and that's, that's what we need to realise about Lukaku. People want him to, do, to be, you know, this complete striker at 21. You know, the lad has shown, I think he's shown this season he's a goal scorer, isn't he? You know, you the, the other aspects of his game, the hold-up play and, and Lincoln, is kind of there, although he doesn't always display it, but that will, I think, will get better. But, but what we do have is a goal scorer, you know, and how often do we get a player who scores 20 goals for a start? You know, it's, exactly. it can't go unnoticed, can it? I mean, you know, it's been he's, he's been valuable for us this season, hasn't he? Without his goals, where would we have been? Definitely. Well, we'll, we'll draw on Lukaku in a minute as well, because obviously yeah. he's got some impressive stats after that West Ham game. But uh, that was it. So obviously we got the three points. It took us back into the top, top of the uh, top half of the table. Um, we just yeah. we sort of we got there the other week, didn't we? And then we just slipped away. And then but now we're back up there with one game to go. So hopefully it, it just yeah, ma- it, it makes for better. Yeah, it makes for better re- reading, though, doesn't it? Seeing you in the top yeah. half. And uh, yeah. yeah, we've got four buttons as well on Saturday, Mark. And now I know that that. Uh, Dampened your hopes of uh, European through the fair play league. But <laughs> West Ham would also in with a shout with it as well, but it looks unlikely now. Are you, are you disappointed or would you want European football at all costs? Well, yeah, to be honest with you, that's the argument's like twofold. I do want European football at all costs. I think Everton and its fans deserve the, you know, to be in. No, we, we don't deserve it on the back of results, but our fans certainly do, to be honest. We've got, I think we've got the best fans in Europe, I really do. Specifically away from home. So from that point of view, we you know we deserve to be sort of you know going on the European jollies and all that. Experience in it, yeah. From a football point of view, we've got to event it, and you know to get into Europe because you know we have we we picked up the least amount of bookings and sendings off. I think it's a bit of a fast to be honest with you. I would assume that you know we haven't deserved. We've lost fourteen league games all season. We don't deserve to qualify for Europe, do we? You know, but. Not really. At the same time, I'd, I'd give anything to be in Europe again. Yeah. Fair play. Well, that's 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 looking unlikely now because 
I don't know. I think West Ham will have to get about fourth place sent off. I think, it? yeah, it's it's going to come down to something like that, Mark. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted you just briefly mentioned Lukaku there. I wanted to speak to you about him in a bit more depth. Twenty goals in a season, first first striker since Yakubu to do that. Um, Six in six against West Ham since he signed for Everton. They must absolutely hate the bones of him. He's also got nine, nine assists for this season, Mark. And to be honest, he's come in for criticism, Lukaku. And as you said, he's still a young lad. But that's a, that's there, there's some great statistics then for a side who've underperformed for long periods. Totally agree. I think that highlights just how, how good this lad can be when he gets it right. You know, we haven't we haven't played well as a team consistently all season. And yet he's shipped in with 20 goals, albeit in all competitions, I know that. Um, but nine assists in a, you know, shows what shows that the lad can link up. He can uh, create chances for his teammates. You know, he, he does seem, he, he is pacey, he can't finish. It's just, you know... But he scored, he scored with his head on Saturday as well, Mark, and that's something we don't really give him credit for, but he scored a few heads this season. Um, he just ignored the hold-up play part and just admired what he can do in front of goal because he, he hits the target nine times out of ten. For me, you know, we, we have got a great player up front, and it, it's right, you know, these statistics show, even though people haven't been, you know, he hasn't been that great, let's be honest, he's, the statistics are still, I think a lot of strikers would give the lap down for, really, wouldn't they? You know? Definitely, and I think back to the young boys' trip when we when he, he scored, was it the perfect yeah. trick, the header, the left foot, the right foot? I mean, I know it was young boys, but um, he was unplayable that night, and I thought, if if we could if we could really get the best out of him in the future years, he could be one hell of a player, couldn't he? Um, he, he he has I think he he deserves credit for dragging us out the out the out the mire. I was going to swear then, but I won't swear for once. Drag us out the mire at, at times this season. We, we've counted on him, as you said, as you said, Mark. Though where would we be without his goals? You know what I mean? I agree. You know, to be honest, at that time when when. You know, the arse had fallen out, fallen out of it at Christmas time. Lukaku was one of the few players who seemed to be busting a butt to change things, didn't he? You know, you look back to the sort of West Ham FA Cup match and, and games around that period. Lukaku was the only, was one of the few players who'd stood up at that time, wasn't he? You know, it shows the character of the lad. Um, he's not always going to have the perfect game. And to be honest, his demeanour doesn't help sometimes. But, you know, we, we cannot argue with Lukaku. We signed him, you know, 28 million. Nine million down payment, maybe not quite the twenty-eight that everyone makes out. But, <laughs> you know, I think um, he's been well worth it, hasn't he? You know, this season we, you know, we needed his goals, and and generally he scored them when we've needed them. I think we we always find a, a, something to moan about as Evertonians, don't we? And there's been there's <laughs> well, a fellow who sits in front of me who just even if he scored an hat trick at and he'd still call him a lazy so and so. And it's unjustified. It's unjustified if you think I've said this about Ross Barkley in the past and John Stones. That I know they paid enough money to carry the weight of expectation, but the young lads playing in a poor side, and you know, yeah. some, sometimes, sometimes it, the pressure is huge, and not all the times this season our experienced players have have shone through. So we've had to rely on a few of the kids. You know, I remember Mo Bezic coming into the side at one point and yeah. impressing. You know, Brendan Galloway was the latest one on uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Down at Upton Park, John Stones is the, probably the biggest example this season of of a, of a young player coming through and emerging. And he, he, you know, he's made mistakes. John Stones hasn't he? They're not. It's just it's it's yeah. been difficult. And I think a lot of the criticism for Lukaku is unjustified. And I was glad to see him uh, get get his twenty goals. And you know, hopefully he's got a couple more in his locker for su- for Sunday as well. Yeah, it seems the type of game where I think he'll do. You know, he'll score if he wants Sunday. He's, you know, he's had a 
He's had a good season. He'll want to, I think he'll want to round off on a, on a, on a positive. Lukaku, certainly Tottenham don't seem to be doing much at the moment, do they? You know, so it's all there for him. But like you say, you know, yeah, it's just we need to realise what a good player he is and, and, and don't get so hung up on, on his on his shortcomings because they're not that much, to be honest. Yeah. And he is up front on his own, we have to remember. Well, anyway, Mark, just um, on, on the youngsters, we mentioned Brendan Galloway. What was your thoughts on him? Surprise inclusion, wasn't it, really? Very much so. Uh, there's, you know... It was great to see Galloway get a start. They obviously think very highly of him, and we're all, you know, we've got to be all about promoting youth uh, at our club. But it was a bit concerning with Garbutt missing out again, and, and I fear for his, his long term future to some Park now. But to be honest, the focus on Galloway very assured, wasn't he? Didn't look out of, didn't look out of depth, slotted in nicely. See, I thought, I thought he spectacular, a bit like that um, uh, Loftus cheek for, for Chelsea, but done done the job he was put on the pitch to do. I thought he'd done really well. Definitely, and I mean, he was advancing and, and late on in the second half when we were going for yeah. the winner as well and putting a ball over. I know McGeady then fluffed his lines and Lukaku's effort went. But it was good to see another young lad. I mean, maybe we haven't we haven't seen as many of them as we'd hoped at times and, you know, the likes of Alcaraz getting games and stuff. But I think yeah. um, Roberto is going to be... He's going to manage them how he... The same with Bezic, he's gone out of the side now. I think he's managing them how he wants and. That's fair enough. He's yeah. the man. He's the manager of the football club, and I hope he knows best. But yeah, I agree about Garbutt. I mean, there's there's talk now. Some of some of the rags have got hold of the Garbutt to Liverpool story, yeah. um, but we've talked about that like six months ago. It, it seems to want, it won't go away. That particular speculation, no, but it doesn't uh, seem to be ominous, does it? No, a couple of lads said to me today, Mark, if, if Garbutt was staying, he, he's in that side against West Ham. You know what I mean? Because Baines is out, isn't he? So yeah. And, and Garbutt is the natural left-back choice, isn't he, you know, to come in. And, and like Roberto's saying, oh, well, you know, Baines is out, but Garbutt's an adequate replacement and he, he, he wants to end the season strongly. Well, he didn't get a game. and I think that... Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. The decisions being made, and Luke Garbutt will leave Everton in the next few months. It seemed to be as much as it was great to see Galloway. It did seem to be a writing on the wall for, for Garber. Just a, a quick word on Garber. I think we're going to regret this hugely, Mark. To be honest, letting him go. Um, all right, fair enough if he wants to go, but I don't think we've held ourselves by not picking him when 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 times have been right. Uh, West Ham, are, I keep saying West Ham, but I feel like they're the only team we played this season. But when Herbert played a left back in that game, yeah. I think that was a time when when I was I thought that was a great time for Garber to come in. A lot of people say, what's the fuss he's never played? But it's, so anyone who's watched the kid, he has got it all. He's got pace. He's got good defensive you know, qualities. And, he, and he's got a hell of a ball in on him, Mark. The pure Hedgecliffe-esque. You know, when you see him, I, I think we're going to regret this one when he goes. I really do. I'd love to see him stay. And I'd love to see him push Baines. But I just can't see it. And if you've got other lads there, like the likes of Galloway, who's, who's younger... And maybe yeah. he's, he's going to be a bit more patient. Obviously, we got him from MK Dons the other the other year, didn't we? Um, whereas Garbutt, a, a local lad, he's come he's come through at Everton, and maybe he's just thinking here. And, I'm, and <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 
I'm not waiting till I'm 26 or something to get in the team. You know what I mean? Maybe he's just being a bit. But I don't know. The Baines, you'd like to. I mean, Baines has got an injury, and I think he's needed ankle surgery for some time. But yeah, I, I, Baines could play on for another five or six years. You know what I mean? It, would you blame the lad for going or what? You can't blame him for going if you no, because he's not getting a look in, is he? It's not like he's it's not like he's come in for twenty games, done great, and then done a Jeffers, and then decided he's better than than what's going on. You know, you can't blame the lad at all. He hasn't had a chance, and and it just beggars belief what's going on with Garbo because you know if you, if you watch if you know your football, then the kid's obviously got great talent. You know he's you know like I said before, he's got it all, and to me he's a much better alternative than Aviado left back, and I know Aviado's. Been made a glass this season, hasn't he? You know, which is another reason we should be fighting tooth and nail to keep Garber. But for me, Garber was the better option anyway. And I'm not slagging Oviedo up. I'm just saying, you know, we we want a competitive squad. And for me, Garber and Baines would be, you know. But I think we haven't helped ourselves with Garber at all this season. I don't blame him at all for walking, to be honest. I think it's going to be interesting how it develops. But I I, I said on Twitter before, I can't I, I can't see anything but Luke Garber leaving, and it is a shame, really. I mean. Oviedo today is now being linked with Real Sociedad and a, a, you know, a reunion with Davy Moyes. So you're like, I don't know, Oviedo's obviously injured, he's done his metatarsal and he's had a lot of bad luck, but he did have that spell yeah. in the side where he was he was brilliant, wasn't he? You know, in, in Roberto's first season when Baines was out of the side, but yeah. are you ever going to get that consistency from him? Are you, are you ever going to, he's more like a utility man, isn't he? Team either from him as well, man, because like you say, he has become injury prone. Sadly, I think it goes back to the the Scunthorpe injury, doesn't it? Where he had that horrendous uh, tackle on him. Uh, he just hasn't been right ever ever since then, to be honest with you. But like no. you say, when when Oviedo came in, when Baines was injured at the start of last season, um, he done it was like for like his, his you know we didn't suffer at all, did we, with his quality left back, and he got that. Got that great winner at Old Trafford, which I think, to be honest, he's dined on a little bit for too much now. You know, there's not been too much apart from that as they're off, off of Yeadle. But like you say, injuries haven't helped. Like, this is where we need to be a bit more ruthless, I think, because we can't keep players on who we can't use back. So, going back to, like, Gibson and the likes of Oviedo, you know, we need people to be fit regularly to be competing for, you know, for pressure on first-team squad. Because, you know, while you've got one person in one position, I don't, it doesn't... Oh, well, does it to, to improve the team? You know, if they've got no competition. Well, this is why he's. T- it, it does me. Add, he's talking up Howard Hibbert, Aidan McGeady. Yeah, fair enough, Aidan McGeady, because he's recently come to the club. But for me, your Alcarazes, your Distans, your um, your Tony Hibberts, your Darren Gibsons, your Brian Oviedo's. To, to me, they're not the. I know it might sound harsh because I love I love the likes of Darren Gibson and you know Hibberts being yeah. a great servant, just as uh, Sylvan Distan has. But yeah. in reality, if you want a better Everton and you want a future of Everton, you need to be refreshing and in refreshing and, and getting rid of the bit of the dead wood. And you yeah. know, you could even say Leon Osmond to a lesser extent. I mean, that's that's probably more harsh because I think he's still got a, an important part to play and Roberto values him. But again, it, it's yeah. just the mentality of making do, isn't it, with what we've got? And or we'll we'll add a couple of loan signings and keep the fans quiet. You know what I mean? But yeah. it doesn't wash with Evertonians. It's just, you know, like, you know, this summer, as we all know, there's a lot of unrest back and, you know, we need, I think more than ever, good some, we need a bit of dynamic, I'm trying to say dynamic, but in a different word, but we need, like, a massive swirl of water to the face, don't we? Like I've said a few times, we just, 
the whole squad looking like a stale piece of bread on the shelf. We need, you know, we need to look fresher, don't we? We need to look sort of like uh, a Julia Roberts makeover in Pretty Woman, maybe. That's what we need, but I don't think <laughs> we're going to get it. Like you say, even the likes of P&R and stuff, you know, we, we need players hungry and want... I'm not saying P&R isn't hungry, but we need players who are fit and, and ready to compete um, for the first team place. And when half the players are sitting on the treatment table all the time, you know... We do need that competitive edge, don't we? Good to get to put the best on the, on, you know, people in the first team need to be under pressure. That you know, if they don't perform, they'll be out the side, and that, that's something we've lacked, hasn't it? Because of the injuries. Definitely, and you look at the likes of Jack Yelker, Tim Howard, Leighton Baines, Pina. You've just mentioned these players; they're not getting any younger. Gareth Barry, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah what what, what, yeah. what what do we do? What what do we do? Do we wait for these to then get in? get in the twilight of the years and start picking up more injuries and then we're like, oh, but he's still got a part to play. He, you know, we're going to give him a two-year deal. It's just like, where, where do you draw the line and say, right, well, we, we are investing in the squad in certain areas, Lukaku, yeah. Bezic, John Stones, you know what I mean? Galloway yeah. getting a game. Um, James McCarthy's still relatively young. But, yes, but there's a, a crack in the spine there, Mark, but the, 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 around it, it's just, you know... The same old faces, you know, and that's I've seen a lot of people tweet that that you know you go to Goodison, it's like Groundhog Day. It's just the same old thing, the same old players. We just need an injection, don't we? Of, of you know whether that be you know Barcelona fancy helping us out again with a few dollar and stuff like. That. I don't know. We just need to have a fresher look about us more than ever. Definitely, definitely, because there's been some things like the Christian Atu deal that hasn't worked out. We need to sort of look, yeah. go away and look, dust ourselves down and look as a whole, a club as a whole, what we're going to do next season. Are we going to are we going to find ourselves in a similar position, make do with what we've yeah. got, or are we going to actually go and make make a, make another statement? Because we did make a statement with the Lukaku deal. I, I think. You know, we all thought that was a real statement of intent, but unfortunately, yeah. hasn't really worked out this season. But Talking of players and, and acquisitions and, and, and uh, people on loan, Mark, Aaron Lennon, obviously he's in, yeah. ineligible for Sunday, isn't he, as we know. Played his last yeah. game on Saturday, had a decent game. He's just I'll just read out his tweet, Mark. Uh, very yeah. nice what he had to say. He said, so happy to finish my loan on a win today. I've loved every minute since I got here. I'm gutted it's over so soon. Also, a special thank you for the great support for me since I got here from the fans. It's a special club. You know, nice words from him, and I think, what's your thoughts on him, Mark? His time here. Yeah. I love him, to be honest, uh, Mark. I think it's a real shame he can't sort of play on Tottenham. We're playing on Sunday because I think he deserved um, a little bit, of, you know, to play his last game of the Sun. And he has been, he has made a positive impact, hasn't he, since he signed? His, you know, the way he's gone about, the way he's, his, his mentality's impressed me. You know, the club sort of been drifting, but he's he's looked determined and focused hasn't he you know what stood out for me his attitude really when he's been in the team he's first class at strapping back and to be honest with you, I think you know people are talking dreaming if you like about Delafoe coming back and that would be fun you know for me that would be the one sign and that would get the ball rolling in the summer but I think Lennon I would love to see Alan Lennon back as well mate to be honest he's been great he's, you know, he can't fault him at all what he's, what he's done well, that, he's that's it I see people talking about uh, Morales potentially going, or yeah. you know, and Lennon coming in and stuff. But really, again, mentality. I- I'm not Morales' biggest fan, but why aren't we looking to keep him, add Delafoe, and sign Lennon? You know what I mean? Exactly. Imagine it. I mean, yeah, I know. What the soft teams have, don't they? They have quality. Why do we have to keep Robin Peter to pay Paul? Why can't we have both? 
even players in similar positions that I've just mentioned, three of them. But the way Everton work and the way Roberto works, we'll, he'll find positions in the team for them. We've seen them, yeah. how they've all played in different positions and they've played the different parts over the past 18 months, two years. But Aaron Lennon, Mark, I completely agree. The irony, when he signed, he was getting he was getting ripped, weren't he, for his, having a, a miserable face. But since then, yeah. he's, he's had a smile on his, place, his face, enjoying his football, a real spring in his step. And he's chipped in with a couple of goals and a couple of assists and... I think he, uh, he's been a real credit since he arrived. I honestly think if you were going to draw up five players Mark, that, that stood out this season, Aaron Lennon would be one of them, wouldn't he? You know, he's only joined us since since January. He's, he's right up there with the, the sort of the best that we've had this season. I know that sounds a bit far-fetched. Lukaku, Stones and McCarthy obviously stand out. But, you know, there's not many players who are jumping out more than Aaron Lennon. I, you know, I think we really ought to be trying to get him back in the summer. Well, I hear what you said last time I spoke to you, Mark. You said if he would have been here longer, he would have definitely got player of the season. You know what I mean? Even yeah. He came in January, so you could arg- arguably say, yeah, it's, but it was deadline day when we signed him, so really he hasn't been here for the full second half of the season. But I, I, I think if he would have carried on for a few more months, then he would definitely would have been in, a sh- in with a shout because his contribution has been brilliant. And what he yeah. says there on Twitter... Um, you know, kind words from him really described it as a special club. You don't know, do you? You could be back in North London now, laughing his head off, thinking I'm not going back up there with them scousers. But you don't know, do you? <laughs> Obviously, he can't play Sunday. It's a shame no. because it's his parent club, and it would have been nice to give him a, a nice round of applause at Goodison. But um, definitely, definitely you know, let's, let's just hope um, he's back for the first game of the season. I honestly think we should be trying. You know, if. He, think, he obviously thinks well of the club and he's got a terrific attitude. And if he's enjoying his football here, then, then there's every chance he'll come back, isn't there, if we can get it right off the pitch, which is easier said than done. Definitely. I mean, there's been some figures banded around, but who knows? Who knows what they'll ask? Who knows who'll be interested in I'm assuming Everton wouldn't be the only side interested, if they were to be no. interested, but I think they'd be stupid Maybe. not to go in for them. Totally agree. Well, you'd think if there were other clubs interested, and we were as well, then, then we would have the upper hand, given that he's just played his last four, four or five months of football here, isn't it? You know, yeah. so you think we'd have we'd be in pole position for that one. One of the Spurs game anyway, Mark. The last time we played them, we got beat two one. You mentioned that man Soldado, again another striker who hasn't scored for ten years or something, but he scores against Everton. I remember White Hart Lane earlier in the season. Morales scored that screamer, didn't he? Before we just capitulated. He absolutely wielded in the top corner, wasn't it? He cut in, I think it was from a throwing, wasn't it? He took it in the top corner. And I was before Tim Howard, um, what should we say, uh, indulged himself into his hobby of parrying the ball out into the six-yard box <laughs> made in a few uh, hairs, uh, receding hairlines left, right and centre in that way. <laughs> no, yeah, that was a game again that we should have got, you know, we should maybe got all three points in, but like, you know, we just weren't defensively sound where we left. I do fancy us for Sunday, Mark. I think that the Everton will want to put on a show given the season that we've had and, and sort of they'll be thinking about that lap of honour at the end, won't they? So they'll maybe want to put on a show uh, to sort of ease any frustrations that they might be. So it's et- so it's etched on our memories for the for the final game and for the summer, yeah. I hope so. I mean the tend to always be decent games against Spurs. Um, they've got some really good players, haven't they? Just a quick word on Harry Kane, the likes of him, Christian Eriksen, Ryan Mason. I know you've been impressed with the goalie as well. Yeah, not half. Um, I'm thinking Peter Cech, Loris. How ridiculous <laughs> is that, Mark? Uh, no way. Uh, Loris has been, you know, how many 
you know, I don't want to go on about Tim Howard, but if uh, Hugo Lloris is in our goal this season, I think we're finishing in the top six, aren't we, seven? You know, with the, the sort of, you need a goalkeeper like that. He's got, you know, he is world class, isn't he, Lloris? The way, he, you know, he's kept Tottenham in a lot of games, saved them um, from defeating and what have you. That's the type of goalie that we need, frankly, you know, um, that we should be looking at in the summer. I know it costs an awful lot of money, but that, that is an area where really you can't compromise on price, can you? You know, you get what you pay for, really, when it comes to a goal. Definitely, yeah, I think. Harry Kane, he's sort of gone off the boil a little bit, hasn't he, you know, uh, the last few weeks. But, you know, what a season he's had. 30 goals, you know, brilliant, fantastic. And I, I to be honest, I don't like the kids. He's far too arrogant for me. And I know that, <laughs> that's a good thing with players, but I think, you know... He doesn't. He's definitely someone I wouldn't go with a pint with, but probably someone I wouldn't mind seeing playing up front for <laughs> No offence to anyone listening who's from down south, but he does look like a typical southerner. He does. He's <laughs> paying eleven pound fifty a pint by the look. But he has. He's been. He's been first class, and obviously England strikers who score thirty goals in a season don't come along often. So I think for the national oh. side, although I'm not that bothered about England. Uh, People will be getting excited about his performances, but I mean, whether or not he stays at Spurs is another is another scenario, isn't it? He could. He's been linked with United, hasn't he? Yeah, this is the thing that even the likes of Tottenham aren't safe, are from like the vultures? They have, you know, a player who has one. Well, he's had one good season, hasn't he? Really, and like you say, the best clubs in the land are already looking at them. You know, it's also one. That I think Ericsson is another one for me. You said before, Mark, he's a terrific player, Ericsson. I love great technician, someone who would, you know. If we had a player like that, a good sum, it would make an instant difference to the team, wouldn't it? You know, the way we played and, and what have you. You know, he's a great player. But like you say, this, you know, I don't, I don't want to go into too much here, but this is what happens when when you sort of spend big and you bring quality in. I know Tottenham haven't always brought quality in, but Ericsson certainly, you know, well, he, was a club signing. He was one of the cheapest signings they made, I'm sure. He only cost about £8 million, so the irony of that and... Well, another, I think yeah. Loris was about seventeen million. Hugo Loris, but he's he's more than proved his worth. Loris, um, others like um, Lamela and Soldado, obviously they've been flops, really, haven't they? Yeah, but, well, uh, Chadley's come good for them as well this season, yeah, hasn't he? You yeah. know, he's, he's looking to play at last. But two of the mainstays, Ryan Mason and, and Harry Kane, you know, British yeah. talent. So fair play to them. Um, but obviously we won't we won't talk about Spurs much more than that. We, so we're both up for the game. Unfortunately, Lennon can't play, but it would be a packed house at Goodison, and let's hope they finish on a high because there's been a lot of times since we started doing these podcasts, Mark, where it's been quite grim, hasn't it? So, I mean, at the moment, the past say month, it's been up and down. We've had a defeat, or um, we've had a defeat, then a victory, yeah. or vice versa. So we're trying to cover two games. So it's a there's always been a high and a low. Um, so, I don't think we have, no. We'd, I think we'd end up bloody talking for about six hours on here with a crate, wouldn't we? <laughs> but anyway, right. there's a couple of other things, Mark, before we close. What about Sylvan Distan? Yeah, um, to be honest, all things considered, and I think we have to look back at his career at Everton, uh, not just sort of what's gone on this season. I think, you know, he deserves a little bit of a send off on Sunday, Mark, for me, two, you know, 200 plus appearances. You know, when when I we signed him, like as I said to you before, I think he was like a, a poor man to Lescott, really, when we signed him. But so he's, you know, he's been a, a good player for us by and large, hasn't he? You know, he's been, you know, uh, part of a good defence uh, of seasons gone by. I just think we, we deserve to, he deserves a little bit of a send off. I don't think, you know, packing him away in his um, 
Milk truck is going to do any good. Just you know, best give him, let him. Send <laughs> <laughs> off. Whether that be coming on a sub or whether that be playing, you know, for an hour, I don't know. A little bit of a send off. I bit, think yeah. he. I think he. I think he'll come on a substitute, and I think he should. Um, I think I know he may have disrespected his manager or whatever, but yeah. um, he, he's been in Everton for five or six years, as you said, over two hundred appearances. And it, don't get don't get me wrong, there's people who've slated him from the start, but there's been times when he was really consistent at the heart of the defence alongside Jack Yoka. Yeah. He was always a bit susceptible to a, a mad mistake, but what centre half isn't? You know what I mean? John Stone, John Stones yeah. has done it, hasn't he? I totally agree. Yeah. Centre halves, you know, will always because they, you know, when they make a mistake, it gets highlighted ten times more than than anywhere else on the pitch, doesn't it? So, you know, but like you say, you know, we've got to recognise sort of you know his, his contribution to the club, and he's played in some good sides, and we've done okay. So I think he deserves a, a send it off definitely. You know, we're a classy club, and we tend to do these things very well. And you know, if he's going to play his last game, I think he he deserves a little bit off the, you know. A little bit more banter with the crowd, shall we say? Well, he's been linked with a couple of the sides already in the Premier League, and I think he'll carry on playing. I think he he's more than capable of carrying on playing. He, he he might not he might not have the pace that he wants at, but in terms of his physique, he was always being a real athlete. And um, yeah. yeah, I think it's it's a shame sort of how it how it ended with him. But I would do, I would like to see a bit of respect paid to him. Um, Absolutely. Whether or not that happens awaits to be seen. So yeah. a couple of a couple of other final things, Mark. Um, yeah. You were invited to the Echo meeting um, next week. Just a quick word yeah. on that. Are you hoping to get something out of that without going into major detail? Like, yeah, I think firstly it shows that you know if you bang enough drums, then then people do listen, regardless of how pointless it may look. But secondly, Matt, I think it's, this is really important. This meeting, we have to change. For me, we have to change the f- sort of fundamental way the Echo look at Everton and treat treat sort of you know what's going on at the club and the way they approach it. This, I'm looking for a uh, I really want a good discussion on this. Obviously, ranting isn't going to get far, but I really want the Echo to, to see our side of it and to see why there's so much frustration out there. They do get a lot of stick. For me, a lot of it is justified. Um, I just I just hope that, you know, if we can get them to change the way they, they think about Everton and the way they report stuff and, and, and really, uh, you know, hold people at the club accountable when they need to be held accountable, that's, you know... That it's it's really good that they've organised the meeting. They can obviously they've obviously acknowledged the discontent, haven't they? So you know, I obviously I'm not expecting miracles and them to turn on the board overnight. But you know, this is a step in the right direction, certainly. I think the um, the, the press you look at them as sort of the mid, the middleman between the fan and the club, maybe sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of information purposes and bits like that. But um, without going on about it majorly, I think we need to see what happens in the meeting first and then come back and talk about it um, if, totally if we're allowed yeah. to <laughs> um, but <laughs> my dad just don't my dad he's 60 and he said it's it's not a new thing I've never bought the Echo for those reasons and he's a 60 year old man you know what I mean I'm half his age and, and the past few years I've become more and more disgruntled with it but anyway let's not end yeah. on a negative alright that's just one thing that's coming up next week we've also got the end of season walking centre that's what we're going to call it isn't it Mark? It is mate it's, just, it's a sort of a massive psychiatrist couch for anyone who wants to hear their views on our Everton season chance to sort of get some you know get your 
relieve your stress coming along definitely absolutely well that's it I mean we want to assess the end of season and me and you will do that as well but we know we've been speaking yeah. to Evertonians on Twitter today and saying in a couple of weeks um, we'll get something organised and get, get fans down there because ultimately we we want to hear their views for this podcast as well but it just tying it in with the end of season we could be in for a, a lock-in <laughs> I think it's really like you say Mark it's exciting for us we want to get the fans involved and we want them to have their say on, on how they feel about the club and what because I do think we have reached the crossroads haven't we as a club and stuff like this you know it's brilliant to get you know a range of opinions they might all be the same we don't know but you know um, on, on what's happening with the club I'm really looking forward to it well we're getting you know the, the ball's the ball's rolling with it and um, there's men women and some younger people who are going to come along, some older people. Um, yeah. So I'm all for it. That's the purpose why we started this. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely get that arranged. And then we'll come back after the Spurs game. Let's hope we can uh, end the season on a high with a th- with another Certainly. three points, finishing the top ten. And um, also, yeah. before I forget, because I always forget this bit, don't I, Mark? You can... Uh, I know. Follow us on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com forward slash Everton Fan Focus. Um, the podcast immediately go on iTunes as well if people want to prefer to listen to iTunes you can download it and listen to it on the go and also um, the podcast can now be found on evertonartwe.com we struck up a bit of a relationship with the guys that run that site as well Um, so check that out and we'll speak to you again soon see you later Mark see you Mark thanks thanks for listening everyone ta-ra